Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Paul Wallington of Inside Texas. Uh, Paul, we're going to do a little tail of the tape for the Wyoming Cowboys today. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. I'm fired up, and this week, Cowboys do not ride for free, Bobby. <laughs> hey, you, we talked before the show, Paul, and you said that you want to try to put a little capper on the Alabama game, because I have not talked to you on air uh, since that game. I know you wrote some stories, some excellent uh, postmortems on the offensive defense on Inside Texas, uh, but th- give us your, your little capper that you wanted to say about the Longhorns versus Alabama. Well, there's so many great things to talk about. The play of the Texas defense, Quinn Ewers, uh, phenomenal play, the great play calling by Sark. I want to talk about something macro and something that really encouraged me, which is Texas played truly complimentary football from a game plan perspective. And I think people use the term complimentary football. And what I think what they mean by it 95% of the time is offense holding the ball and time of possession And that's not really what complimentary football is. Complimentary football means that you devise a game plan on all sides of the ball that complement each other and give you the best opportunity to exploit your opponent. So PK, to his absolute credit, crafted a game plan going in saying, I'm going to take away Bama's standard running game, and I'm going to take away their short passing game, which is Jalen Milrow's security blanket. We took away the standard running game just by playing good hard-nosed defense, gap control. Uh, 20 carries for 63 yards for Bama's running backs. That ain't getting it done. And then early in the game, they took away Jalen Milrow's little five- and eight-yard stop routes that I talked to you about in the preview, Bobby. And they did that by letting Jade Barron and all those guys attack. And they said, we don't care if they're running a double move. They're not. They're trying to get Jalen Milrow confidence. Go attack it. Jade Barron did that, got a crucial interception. You didn't see Bama throwing short again for the rest of the game. Completely took it out of the game plan. Now, was there a little risk that Bama was going to hit us with a couple of deep shots? Yeah. But as a part of the total game plan to win the game, not allow Bama to possess the ball, right? That's how they were going to beat Texas. 38 minutes of time of possession, grinding drives, 80 plays. They denied that. That was all PK. And that's what allowed Sark to keep getting shots at that Bama defense. And in the fourth quarter, it all exploded with 21 points. That was complimentary football. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. It it felt like even uh, with getting Quinn accustomed to throwing the ball in that atmosphere, even though it was a short perimeter stuff early, right? At least it got him in rhythm. And that was part of, to your point, complimentary football, because you knew you weren't going to just beat Bama up up front no matter what kind of offensive line you have necessarily. Uh, so I, I thought it was a great game plan as well. And uh, they all things came together for that win. All right, let's let's move forward to the Wyoming Cowboys, Paul. Um, this is a team that is 2-0. Uh, they have beaten Texas Tech in double overtime at home. Uh, and then they beat uh, pretty convincingly Portland State, an FCS team uh, as well. Uh, they – uh, are reliant on a single quarterback, a quarterback that can move the sticks with his feet or his arm. He's more of a gutsy guy. And then they have an adult experienced defense. Uh, let's let's talk and start with their offense. Yeah, the, the Cowboy offense, look, you're going to see some different stuff and some disguise and some offensive multiplicity. It's all smoke and mirrors. What they're trying to do is possess the ball and grind down the field 
and basically wear you down because they don't have the skill talent outside. They do have one player we can talk about a, a little bit later. Uh, but Andrew Peasley, who is tough as boot leather, he's that cowboy in the bar fight, Bobby, that you keep throwing out the window and he keeps running back in through the saloon doors. And eventually you either got to knock the guy out or you just quit because he's got you worn out from beating him up so much. That's Andrew Peasley. He carried 15 times for 68 yards against Tech. Uh, obviously, some of that sack yardage as well. So he was actually very effective running the ball. Uh, he ran for multiple first downs on third down, typically third and short. And that is how the Wyoming offense is structured. They're trying to run the ball and then throw a little play action to their slot receivers and two tight ends. And then occasionally they'll chunk up a deep shot. That's the offense. And they're just trying to get you into third and three, third and four, third and two. And they're either going to run Peasley or they're going to run a little tight end bootleg and they're going to throw it for six yards. And then they got a new set of sticks. And you're just sitting there as the defensive coordinator going, good Lord, when will this end? This Chinese water torture. And that's their whole strategy on offense. No explosiveness other than the, the potential to hit the deep ball to one guy, Ayer Asante, who's a transfer from Holy Cross. He had a 64-yard touchdown against uh, Portland State. The same Portland State that Oregon put up 80-something uh, points on. So to give you a little context, uh, that's the offense. The, the offensive line is very physical. They're very big. Their best player is their right tackle, a guy named Frank Crum. And uh, he's an all-conference guy. He's about 6'7", 320. They run behind him about 65% of the time. Wow. And when they don't run behind him, it's typically a misdirection going the other way or a quarterback uh, option or something like that. To, but if, they're, if they got to have it, they're running behind Crumb. And that's what they did against Tech. They did it in overtime. They did it in some key junctures of that game when it was, they were down 17 nothing, and then rallied back to win 35-33. Uh, they're good physical guys. They're not good pass protectors. And, and some of that is partly because Andrew Peasley doesn't set them up for success. He holds the ball way too long. I mean, Peasley's basic strategy seems to be to hold the ball until he's about to get hit really hard by a blitzer. And then he lets it go to a, a guy on a scramble drill, uh, you know, running back to the football. And that's how Wyoming's passing game is structured. And, and you know, that's sort of what they do. Uh, not a hard offense to solve. And I, I kind of like Texas's chances on defense. You know, the, the interesting thing to me, I, I look at that game and I, I did some stat research as well uh, with them. Uh, Peasley ran or scored touchdowns seven different times in that game. Uh, so basically they had they had 24 first downs, seven of them or six or seven of them came from Peasley's legs. One of them actually was a touchdown. Hmm. Um, and so to your point, Paul, he is a considerable his his legs are a function of this offense and actually help the, help the off, offense function. And it's not like he's breaking off 20-yard runs either. No. These are five and 10-yard chain-moving type, type of situations, right? He, he is – you put him on a clock, he's a 4-7 guy. And, you know, weighs 220, and he's tough, and he's, he's a willing runner, let's say that. Yeah, I, I feel like that's, that's where Texas has to put them in third and long. That's, that's what, what happened last year – the, the game I remember where Texas had a lot of third and shorts that they were covering, obviously, was Texas Tech. Oh, wow. um, and yeah. so, yeah. And so this is going to be – if that's the case this year, uh, Texas needs to – even if, if Wyoming is successful in getting into that third and three, third and four range, uh, 
I'd like to see what PK comes up with this year in defense of that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, the best defense of that will be, to your point, I think it's going to be third and 12. Yeah. You don't allow them to Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed, yeah. Don't allow them to run for three yards on first down. Don't allow them to run for four yards on second and seven. Uh, Shut them down. Stone them. Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Baron Sorrell, Jalen Ford, bring it on those early rundowns and then trust your secondary that they'll clean stuff up on, on the little play action looks. We might have a hit. They might hit a couple of them early. You got to get used to that and that rhythm. But if PK plays up on their receivers the way he did against Rice and, and doesn't allow them to do the only couple of things that they can do, which frankly PK did allow a couple of times last year, I think he's turned over a new leaf in that regard. And I think he's more confident in the personnel. I think we're going to choke off their receivers and basically say, this is not an option for you. Try to run the ball. You said they're not very good in pass, uh, pass coverage. They did allow two sacks against Tech, six tackles for loss uh, as well. The Wyoming defense, however, is a little bit different. Uh, they uh, have a little bend but don't break to them, um, and they actually are, are pretty good taking the ball away. Uh, they got two turnovers, forced uh, two turnovers against Texas Tech. Um, you know, I, I called these guys the BYU of old because they've got – guys that are 23, 24, and 25 years old on their defense, Paul. And they all start – every single one of them, the very youngest on their starting defense is a redshirt sophomore. So that means they've been in le- at least in three years. They've got a, got a couple guys that are COVID guys that are six-year guys. What do you expect from the, the Cowboy defense? Yeah, uh, look, this program is – it's like an old-school football. They are built around the defense. And, and they run their offense – talking about complementary football. They run their offense – to let the defense win the game. And Craig Bowles, the architect of that, Texas fans may remember him as the defensive coordinator at Nebraska. Uh, He won multiple national championships at North Dakota State and sort of established that empire there. Uh, And then a little fun fact, I think he was the defensive coordinator for Rice when they upset Texas in Houston in that monsoon. So... Uh, Bowles got some history with Texas. He mentioned in his presser he doesn't like Texas, uh, but he respects Texas. And he said this is the best Texas team he's he's seen uh, in quite some time. So he was pretty complimentary. And uh, he's the architect, ultimately, of that defense. And to your point, Bobby, they do play bend but don't break, but they're not passive. They're not soft. Uh, they're very physical. And one thing you will notice about Wyoming's defense they will not start non-tacklers. So even if a guy is better athletically, they will put out an inferior athlete if he's willing to tackle and run the structure of the defense. And they really rally to the football. They're not big. Uh, they're two interior defensive tackles who are really the heart of the defense. They're, they're, they're what allow them to be small and sort of run around and rally. Their two defensive tackles are 290. Their two edges are 230 and 240. Their linebackers are both 230. They play a base nickel. Uh, their defensive backs are all in the 180s, 190s. These, this is not a big football team, but they're quick. They're very, very active, and they play extremely hard. It was very impressive to watch them against Tech and how they rallied to the football. And by the way, Tech, if you, if you watch the whole game, Tech was the team that was physically running guys over. Tech was the team that was stiff-arming guys in the dirt and getting an extra three yards. 
they just pop up and come back the next play and they don't care. I mean, they don't, they don't stop playing. And so if, if Texas players or staff or fans think Wyoming's just coming to get a check and, and leave, that is not going to be their approach or attitude. And, you know, hopefully Texas staff, all they have to do is show them the Texas tech game. And I don't think Wyoming can duplicate what they did to tech uh, in fairness uh, and in all honesty, but the Texas coaches need to threaten the players with this is what could happen to you if you don't take them seriously. Well, hey, look, here's the reality, Paul. Tech was up 17 to nothing on Wyoming and Wyoming came back and won. They don't, yes, there's no quit, you know. And so um, I, I'm, I'm excited in that stance that, that actually they beat Tech. It should have Texas's team's attention because we think the word right now that we're concerned about with Texas, given their uh, quick start and their win against Bama now is complacency. Yes. Uh, Eric wrote about it yesterday on Inside Texas. And I, I think it's a big deal that that's what the Longhorns have to uh, guard against. Uh, Paul, uh, real quick before we keep going, would you mind saying thank you uh, to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow? Fight your complacency to go online and Google mortgage broker and get quotes from random uh, weirdos on the internet. Call this guy. 832-557-1095. His name is Gabe Winslow. He does loans all throughout the great state of Texas. By the way, he's also licensed in Colorado. He's also uh, able to do loans in several other states. So if you're not in the state of Texas, that no reason not to call him. You can also reach him. You can check him out at mortgagesbygabe.com. Gabe's over 20 years in the industry. Really sharp guy. Huge supporter of all things Longhorn, including this show. And uh, Gabe is still on a high because he was in Tuscaloosa, Bobby. And uh, he is excited. And by the way, one of our uh, watchers took us up on our offer and actually called him on game day. And Gabe ended up working out a deal with him as he's like walking to a tailgate. So what do you know? That's great. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Hey, uh, I'm glad Gabe was able to do that. A uh, couple things uh, for you. I want to keep going here in the same kind of category of what Texas needs to be concerned with. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sure. Uh, from Wyoming, because you enter games like this and you don't you look at the paper and you're you're Texas. You can't be worried about individual players necessarily. I mean, what what would te- what should Texas coaches be worried about outside of just complacency here by their own team? Well, look, they've got 22 Texans on the roster. Wyoming, they've got seven Texan starters. Those guys are going to be fired up. They're going to be playing in front of their friends and family. They're going to want to show out. As you said, no one's going to quit. Defensively, 
the big concern, and this is something that we can answer some questions here, Bobby. And I like to, if, if Texas plays a quote unquote inferior team, I always like to, to narrow it down to the unit level and say, okay, over, overall they're outmatched, but where at a unit level can we find out some, some answers to questions? We're going to find out some more answers to questions in the offensive line. And here's why. They did not play well against Rice. I wrote some very unkind things about our interior offensive line against Rice, and they deserve those things. Against Bama, phenomenal in pass protection. Not particularly great in run blocking, but just night and day in pass pro. Was that improvement in pass pro a function of better scheme, better technique, better effort? Or is it we just match up better against bigs? Did Rice give us all that trouble because they had a bunch of smaller guys with huge motors running around like crazy and they, they outworked us and confused us? Well, we're going to get the answer to that question against Wyoming because Wyoming's two interior defensive tackles, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertagnoli, are their two best players on the defense. They're both 290. They're both high motor, very quick. Two defensive ends, small guys, well, not small, but not big guys, Totally quickness-based, okay? They're not soft, but they're, they're quick finesse guys. Again, they're going to run games. Craig Bull can watch film. He's not an idiot. He knows what Rice did, and he knows that Alabama has more ponderous guys that were trying to collapse the pocket, right? Uh, now, our offensive tackles, I'm confident in. Uh, Dallas Turner didn't really make a dent in that game in terms of pass, uh, pass uh, rush. And same for Braswell. I'm not worried about their exterior guys. I'm worried about them running games and stunts and attacking with motor quickness and effort. If our offensive line holds up against this front, then we really know some stuff got solved. If they struggle again, well, we got to keep an eye on that because Wyoming's front more resembles a lot of the big 12 fronts than frankly Alabama's does. So it's a thought. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting that. because – it could be somewhere in between, right? It could be they solved some from or from Rice, but not all. Yes. Right? And so they could get going in that direction, uh, especially as after this week they head into Big 12 play. And you know ba they start with Baylor, and you know Baylor's going to bring it from – Dave Rand is going to bring it from every – the blitz from just about everywhere. Um, yep. Right? Uh, all right. Uh, on offense for the Longhorns, uh, you know, game plan-wise – where do you think Texas tries to attack them, given what you know about the, the Wyoming defense? So Texas has got to try to get a little bit of running game going. Uh, two games in, it hasn't really manifested itself. I'm not saying to force it or do anything stupid, but I think we need to show a little bit there, uh, particularly running counters. We, we ran the, the counter tray, counter gap against Bama. Uh, and I think that's a play that we can make work, particularly with Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell pulling. I really like that, but it's a timing-based play, and our timing isn't there yet. You know, people think the running game is just mashing people and pushing people. There's an element of that, but running's timing. There is a timing element to the running game. Your back's timing up, how they have to press it up into the hole, how your offensive linemen need to understand what the back's reads are, so how they address a defender. Do I just want to kind of get a screen on this guy? Or do I need to run through him and create space so the back can squirt out? Those are things that Texas needs to work on. And then execution. As you mentioned, they play a little bit of a bend but don't break. 
So let's see Texas execute some 10, 15 yard routes and move down the field. The deep shot will open up uh, later because Wyoming will press you on key downs. But I think Wyoming, if I'm Craig Bowl, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay off. I'm gonna run some different defenses, and I'm gonna see if the Texas wide receivers and Ewers uh, are on the same page. Because if they're on the same page, Texas offense is just gonna move up and down the field. If we're not, well, that's when the game starts to get ugly and turns into a little bit of a rock fight, and that's what Wyoming and Craig Bowl wants. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with that uh, assessment. All right, uh, Paul, uh, the Texas defense. Uh, you think? Uh, I felt like, given that Wyoming's such a run team, do you think we're going to see Alfred Collins more at that defensive end spot a little bit at times, given that their their right tackle is such a priority in their run game? I mean, 65% of run plays behind one guy is a lot. Yeah, we, we could. Um, honestly, I think Ethan Burke needs to get integrated and, and hold up. And, and frankly, I think he's on the pitch count anyway. I, I think we want to play Ethan between 30 and 40 snaps every game. And then you're going to see some Collins. You're going to see some Chris Ross. You're going to see some Jare Bledsoe, uh, who had some nice little plays against Bama uh, in that second half. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I don't think they're just – you know, if, if they muscle them up, you just put Collins out there. It's not a big deal. It's, it's, yeah. it's easily addressable literally in one series. Uh, I'll be honest, Bobby. You know, famous uh, predictions are not a, a great idea for these things, but uh, that's kind of why we're here. If we don't dominate their offense, I'll be shocked. I mean, there's either a real issue in game planning or buy-in. And I don't see either. I, I think PK is letting the dogs eat this year. And I also think this defense has a lot of leadership on it. You know, it's not as easy to find that guy on our offense. But our defense has a lot of dudes that are, are going to enforce a standard. And I think possibly at your own peril if you don't uphold the standard in the locker room. I think Byron Murphy might have a word for you. That, that That's what I talked I talked with Eric about that yesterday on the state of the program. Defense travels. Yes. And it also plays well at home too. So I mean, <laughs> my, my point though is that, you know, where whereas offense can be hit or miss often, defense tends to be fairly consistent throughout a year. Yes, they you know, have to. Offense is more coordinated, right? There's more moving parts. More things can go off because one guy mistimes this or misses this or doesn't see that. Defense, it's a little more visceral. It's a little more, you know, there's assignments. But, man, I, I got to say, I just, I like our secondary. Um, Ryan Watts is going to be like the Wyoming receiver's worst nightmare. I mean, as well as he played against Bama, Um these Wyoming guys don't have the speed that Bama has. And so Watts has to be a little respectful of speed, right? If I don't get my press at the line, I, I could be in trouble. He's going to manhandle these guys on the boundary. And, and so on the wide side, what, they're going to throw to Jade Barron. They're going to throw to their slot. It, it just doesn't add up. And you've got a quarterback who's tough as nails, like hats off to him. But that guy's going to take some hits on Saturday. And I don't, you know... I don't know what he's going to pull out, but I don't see him, you know, just moving them down the field with precision passing. And and I don't see Wyoming bullying Texas in the trenches. I just don't see that. Got it. Uh, they're, they're a tough and tumble team. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, clearly, they beat Texas Tech at home. Uh, double overtime win uh, behind Andrew Peasley's uh, last minute touchdown pass. Quick, uh, quick thought on that, Bobby. Yeah. It's, it's something I know I'd refer to in another of uh, these um, tail of tapes or also our Saturday conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Wyoming in Laramie is a different creature from Wyoming on the road. doesn't yes. mean they're not going to show up and play, but Wyoming since the 1950s has a 66% winning percentage in Laramie. Okay. That's pretty good on the road. 37%. That's not good. So this is a very different football team home versus away. I mean, we're talking about 29% difference in winning percentage. Um, so you, 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 you associate that not only with the home crowd of 29,000 or whatever their, their right. stadium seats, you, you associate that with the elevation at which they play. 7,200 feet is real. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can acclimate. There's different things you can do. But what it actually does, and there's a whole physiological thing to this that, you know, I can nerd out on this for people. But basically, there's not less oxygen the higher altitude. It actually has to do with air pressure and the amount of oxygen you can get in your body. And what happens is when you start to get less oxygen, sort of like if you're uh, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and someone starts to choke you, you start to panic, right? And so your body is actually, like when you hyperventilate and you, <sighs> you actually trigger your adrenal response. So what happens is at altitude, players will feel like they can't get their breath and that triggers an adrenal response in your body and you, you get all like jacked up and then you dive down and that's, you know, that's what happens. I'm not saying that happened to tech and it doesn't always happen, but it's an, it's, it has an effect and an impact on games. There's no hey, look, Texas went up to Wyoming in 2009, Colt McCoy's senior year and did not look good. Not I mean, early. So, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think Texas fans can appreciate that. All right, uh, Paul, uh, Longhorns favored by 28 and a half. Which way are you going on this? This over or under? Now, the initial line was 27 and a half. Now, okay. now it's down to 28 and a half. I, 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 I'm envisioning a 41 to 6, 34 oh, wow. to 7 uh, type of win. Now, if Sark wants to let loose and let it go, and we're not putting in a bunch of reserves, and, and you know, we take the foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter, and the clock runs, right? Uh, you know, we're not going to see 49 to seven, I don't think, but, uh, I expect Texas to go handle their business. I, I think right. this team has grown up. Hey, one more fact. Um, they have an exceptional kicker named John Hoyland. This dude is three for three on the year. Not impressive. Two of his three hits are from 56 and wow. he hit from 56 with distance last week. So uh, anytime Wyoming penetrates our 40, they're legitimately in field goal range. And by the way, they will play it that way. So they'll play it to kick the field goal. And, you know, their goal is to, you know, kick four field goals and get a pick six off of a careless pass and somehow make this a football game. Hey, but, does the weather, does the possibility of bad weather, scattered thunderstorms scare you at all with this one? It could ugly it up a little bit, but I mean, I, I don't think we're having like torrential downpour for three hours, are we? No, it says scattered thunderstorms. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I can't handicap that necessarily, but I don't think it necessarily is this massive benefit to Wyoming. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, look, I mean, it limits our offense and their offense is already limited. So I guess it plays in their favor. But, you know, Andrew Peasley's a little fast and loose with the football sometimes, so I don't think a slick football is going to help him either. Got it. All right. Uh, that's Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas. Uh, thanks to our, our sponsor, Gabe Winslow. Also, uh, please, if you get a chance, 
uh, consider a subscription uh, to on uh, to Inside Texas. Uh, if you get a chance, guys, right now we're running a special two months for just $1. Use the promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. $1 for two months. Remember to select that monthly offer. All right, Paul, uh, I will see you again this uh, Saturday morning for our Saturday conversation. Until then, uh, this has been On Texas Football.